Okay, we should be live. Yep. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Let's take a look and see if we are officially streaming to the uh, to the post here or to the event here. I want to make sure that's happening. In the meantime, uh, all right. Yes, yes, it sure is. Wonderful. The tech worked. We did it. All right. All right. I got to tell you, this is the easy part. This is the easy <laughs> part. It's, it's all the stress leading up to the live stream. Uh, that, that's the hard part. That as soon as the live stream is working, uh, I, my mind just goes to its happy place, which is having fun conversations with cool people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Chris, Stacy, and I are, are here in the uh, like the Metro Washington, D.C., Baltimore kind of uh, uh, realm. Where, uh, I, I know you mentioned that you're out in um, Park City. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, town, uh, suburb Hudson, Ohio. Cool. So just southeast of Cleveland a little bit. And did you did you live there? Like how long ago did you make the move to, to um, uh, Park City and from where? Yeah, so uh, interesting. I would, um, prior life, I w uh, was a... Uh, college athlete and also a competitive skier. And I lived in Park City for a little while uh, after school and was competitive. And then I moved back to the Cleveland area. So I uh, originally moved out here in the, the mid nineties um, and then uh, bugged the heck out of the CEO from my last company and moved back to Park City um, in 2007, in the fall of 2007. Right on. Yeah. So this is not this is not like a, a COVID development, like so many, no. uh, right? So, like so many people no. who who have fled to to remote work in beautiful areas. You've been you've been working and uh, living in this beautiful area uh, for for uh, you know a decade and a half, and yeah. all combined, two decades. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, was not a COVID move, and uh, loved a mountain bike, loved to ski, and uh, moved out here. And then uh, met a lot of people from both the East and West Coast this last year and a half that uh, are working remotely. A lot of folks from New York City and Chicago and and uh, the L.A. area seem to have migrated here. I, you got to wonder how long uh, that that is all going to last. And, and you know, uh, if there's if there's ever going to be a big migration back, uh, you know, uh, because they realize, you know, if, if the market doesn't allow for uh, constant remote work. Be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting to see, but I, I think some of them really like it. So we'll see how their uh, if their companies can lure them back into their offices. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, we're coming right up on eight. There it is, eight o'clock. Let's go ahead and get started with this second episode ever of the morning huddle uh, today. Um, we've got uh, Chris Blake. Uh, joining us, uh, but but for uh, for now, I'm, I'm Chad Prinky alongside my partner and producer Stacy Holsinger. Stacy, how are you today? Good. Good morning, everybody. Stacy, what's the best thing happening in your world this week? Oh, just busy. I have a, oh God a ton of things to do, but um, nothing too crazy. Just work and kickboxing, and you know, nothing crazy. Just work and kickboxing. <laughs> just kick. My boring life. That's <laughs> awesome. That's, I did. We're gonna have to do a whole episode on your kickboxing. No, 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 thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, as always, for the audience joining us live, please type in your questions throughout the show. Uh, all throughout the show, type in the questions. Uh, get comfortable chatting with each other during the course of the conversation. If you guys have, uh, you know, some, some, you know, if you're inspired by something, you want to grab that and run with it. Uh, that's what the chat channel is there for. Please, uh, you know, engage in that, enjoy that, and all the stuff that you uh, type in in the, you know, during the course of the show. Uh, Stacy will be back on with ten minutes remaining, which is eight twenty Eastern time here, and uh, she'll help us to uh, kind of go through those questions and you know um, prioritize the ones that were most common or the or the most interesting and what have you. So. Um, Stacy, we'll see you again with about 10 minutes to go. Cool. All right. Sounds good. See ya. Um, all right. So, Chris, let's jump into it. Uh, our guest today is Chris Blyke. He is uh, with Pivot Workforce. Um, and uh, welcome to the morning huddle. It's good seeing you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, pumped to be on show number two. We're, we're really psyched to have you. Thank you. Um, so so uh, tell us a little bit about your background, Chris. What's, uh, what, you know, uh, t tell us your story a little bit. Okay. Well, my story, I, uh, I grew up in a construction family, uh, specifically in excavating just outside of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I think like a lot of people that I hear that are in the industry and that grew up in it, uh, the last place they thought they'd end up was back in the industry, but uh, grew up running excavators and bulldozers. And uh, I wasn't quite as talented as my older brother's uh, brother. And uh after school, um, you know, like everybody else, I dabbled in real estate a little bit, started looking around, and I, I found a, a construction staffing startup uh, back in 1993. And I have been in uh, the construction, construction staffing side of the business um, since then. Um, and uh, frankly, love it. And just like everybody else, get a little obsessed with it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, so tell us, how did you end up uh, starting Pivot Workforce? This is a new company, right? This is, this yes. is months old, just like yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like I said, uh, I work for one of the largest uh, or the largest uh, construction staffing firms in the United States or North America uh, for almost 27 years um, and decided basically from a startup through a couple of private equity uh, acquisitions um, and left uh in june of 2020 um and uh, have spent the, the the rest of that time the last 15 months putting pivot together um after a lot of collaboration with people in the industry uh both contractors and you know even some of the software providers in the industry uh really started to understand uh, when asking questions about workforce demand um Kind of this new niche uh, with construction technology and also some of the, the more direct hire positions uh, that's where pivot came from uh, probably spent i don't know six months eight months talking to whether it was virtually or actually in-person meetings when the, when we could do it um, uh, contractors on the mep side about uh, new workforce demand and then like i said also some of the uh, large software providers so you were you, you you were listening to the market, and the market said construction technology, and you 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 got sort of inspired to to launch into this uh, space because 
you, you were paying attention to what the market was telling you. Yeah, I was, you know, the conversations I, and frankly, I looked at other forms of staffing. I had a couple of people approach me in a couple of different niches, IT, uh, healthcare. Um, and then, like I said, you know, construction is my passion. I love it. And after talking to more and more folks as to where the industry was headed with, with prefab and the manufactured process and that workforce demand um, that was there, uh, we decided to explore this and uh, have have dove in with with both both feet and are chasing after that and, and learning more and more like everybody else because it is developing rather quickly. Wow. Um, so 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 tell us a little bit about uh, pivot. What do you do and what do you not do? Um, what what are what are you know? Draw some of those lines uh, okay. for us just so that as we have our discussion today about emerging construction technology roles, everybody can have. Uh, some context for exactly what it is that you do and don't do. Yeah, so we basically focus from um, field supervision up into um, some of the C-suite positions. So we do project managers, project engineers, um, senior project managers, and then we also are doing some like C-level hiring for HR directors um, in some of those positions. Um, and then we also are in the context space. So uh, on the design side, you know, um, the uh, uh, BIM, uh, some data engineers, data, data analytics, um, cybersecurity has become a big one uh, as far as the conversation that's been around for a while. But uh, yeah, we do not, we, we're not in the skilled trade space, but we're uh, basically everything else but skilled trades. Awesome. Got it. So you, you're not doing the skilled trades, but you're doing all the other sort of management uh, roles, field management, in, internal management, executive mm -hmm. leadership, uh, and, and, and then the technology stuff. So let's stay focused on the technology angle for the remainder of this conversation. It, well, I don't know. We'll see where the heck it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but what are some of the fastest emerging construction technology roles? What are you seeing uh, uh, you know, happening around the industry and, and maybe it's inside construction companies, maybe it's, uh, you know, around construction companies. I don't know. You, 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 uh, paint the picture for us. Yeah. So there, I, I, there's kind of a, a few different bucks to that on the, the AEC side and the MEP side, you know, you have your, the design piece. So, um, BIM, uh, virtual design, uh, even some of the, the CAD that's still being used. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the industry is moving towards this kind of, you know, data-driven approach per se. So okay. you have, you know, on the again on the AEC AEC side, you have uh, design or uh, data engineers, data analytics, uh, computational engineers. Uh, drones are becoming a much bigger piece of the uh, construction community, so to speak, both in renewables and uh, the regular construction. And like I said, cybersecurity on the tech side, you're, you know, there's been, I think it's since 2016 or 17, there's been over $12 billion of investment um, in technology that just this year, year to date, $2.1 billion from venture capital. Um, it's uh, 3,500 startups in the construction space on the tech side. 3,500? Mm-hmm. My yeah. God. Yeah. So there's been a lot of investment and there's a lot of innovation going on there. 
Um, so from the tech or software providers, you're seeing you know, software engineers, uh, DevOps, cybersecurity is another one. Uh, and then there's the client integration piece with all this technology. They need people to be able to service a client and do the integrations for the technology that the client or contractors are buying. Um, and then there's an interesting one. Um, the client service side, you're seeing more and more some of these software companies are reaching out. Um, I actually saw an advertisement last night um, looking for, you know, for example, estimators um, to sell their software and be the link between them and a, and a contractor because they understand the, um, the construction side. So that's, uh, you know, they're looking for people with previous experience in the industry. Um, but that's a, the last thing our contractor watchers want to hear <laughs> is, there, is that right? Like, hey, your people could leave construction and go to technology. Um, but but I think, you know, one of the other things that, that really struck me in our conversations uh, leading up to today uh, was the idea that, that, you know, the enhanced role that a technology background uh, is playing in uh, your everyday construction mm -hmm. uh, positions, right? So, so that now there's a project manager, but if the project manager has X and Y qualifications or you know, technolo technology capabilities, they become considerably more appealing. What, what have you seen there? Yeah, so you, you see both sides of it. Um, uh, for example, senior project managers need to understand some of the different software programs um to help manage the job or on the job they you know they have to be able to collaborate with everybody a lot of the you know most of this is going to cloud-based technology and then the other side of it to your point about you know the tech companies stealing um an already uh depleted workforce from construction in some cases it's actually um lengthening a career for you know say an estimator that was getting ready he's burnt out he's getting ready to retire from the industry it's giving him another option or her another option to to keep going and move into a different space in the industry and, and keep working in the industry as opposed to retiring yeah that's a really good point i think i think that you know um uh, working in in a in a company that is supporting the industry adding value to the industry um, is uh, certainly better than losing them to like the financial sector or something yeah. like that. Right? Yeah, the, the, the challenge with the, the construction tech stack, if you will, is um, even some of these, the higher end tech positions, they still need to understand the, the contractor's world, the built world, and yep. uh, finding those people is a big challenge. So, so what do you think, you mentioned all this investment, um, $2.1 billion this year alone. Uh, which is amazing. Um, what what do you think that's about? Why why is it why is there so much money pouring into to um, uh, per, you know to produce technology for the construction in, industry? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think the first thing that comes to mind is innovation. Um, construction is is measured like a you know very much on productivity, and the more that tech can help enhance that productivity and bring automation to the industry you know that is one of the big drivers so there there's a big opportunity there and obviously the venture capitalists are seeing that with all the different tech startups um, and frankly you know going talking about the skilled trades a little bit 
you know, as people, I think I saw a stat that 53% of the industry is going to retire by 2036. Um, we're not replacing the skilled trades fast enough. This has been a couple of decades of a conversation. So bringing this automatic uh, automation and manufactured environment to construction will help with that. It's not going to solve the problem, but it will help. So I, I think a lot of it is around innovation, safety, productivity, um, and there's a there's a big opportunity there. And obviously, the the tech companies are seeing it. Uh, you mentioned uh, productivity, and uh, obviously, I think all those buckets, um, uh, safety, um, uh, obviously, also chief chief among them. But when you when I think about uh, productivity and construction, I think about a. I think it was a 2018 McKinsey and Company uh, study that that was produced that identified that the um, the construction industry is just about as productive today as it was in 1974, mm -hmm. right? So, something yeah. along those lines. And I think um, uh, there's there's a bunch of reasons for that that we're you know we, we won't get you know into uh, during this show, but but I think um, tech companies are recognizing a massive upside in, in terms of uh, elevating productivity, right? Compared with other, uh, compared with other sectors of the economy, mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, you know, uh, dramatically uh, mm -hmm. less productive uh, and, and uh, has not grown nearly, uh, uh, you know, on the same stride as, as say, you know, manufacturing, let alone, you know, technology as, as a market mm -hmm. sector. So, so I think it's not a surprise. It'll be really, really interesting to see what starts to happen in the next three to five years, five to 10 years as a result of these massive investments from technology mm -hmm. and whether and whether the lagging technology, you know, construction industry that that sort of old school, um, you know, we, we, we do things the way we do things, uh, you know, kind, kind of mentality. Uh, see how that uh, impacts it, because at, at the end of the day, construction folks aren't going to change just to change. Mm -hmm. Right. They're only making a change if they can point at real meaningful uh, improvement. Yeah, and what what you see from a lot of the tech companies because there's they're all over the place. They typically solve a single single problem, whether it's contracts or you know just getting all the data uh, scrubbed and making sure that everything makes sense. Um, but they still you know cons uh, a building still needs to get built physically. Um, so I think that you know the challenge is getting the minds that are behind the contractors and the tech industry to work together um, and they're different, right? It's, um, I think it's 41% of our workforce now are millennials. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's 5% are Gen Z right now. And, and then by 2025, Gen Z will be about a quarter of the workforce. So there's a, there's a big transition going on there and it'll be interesting to see how the two worlds come together because that is one of the attraction points for the new workforce is having, you know, contractors that are innovative, that are diverse. Um, so it's a it's a big challenge for the industry. And, and frankly, for a lot of this workforce, you know, we're competing with Amazon, Apple, uh, Google for this talent. So it's going to force us to, you know, be innovative and, and look at the way we're doing things on all levels. Uh, let's I, I, I'm going to jump right on that. Uh, question because you you get a chance to talk to uh, obviously the companies that are interested in hiring new talent but but also uh, I, I can't even imagine how many candidates uh, you and your team get a chance to to interface with it probably gives you 
a, a fantastic perspective on what they care about. So you talk about um, the, you know, sort of, and, and I don't care what generation they're in, what are candidates asking for when, when, when you're in those discussions or your team's in those discussions with potential, um, you know, candidates for your clients? Uh, what are what are they looking for in the companies that they would come and join? You talk about diver like diversity. Is that really a, a topic that that is coming up regularly with a candidate? Yes, per particularly actually with Gen Z. There's a couple of different uh, studies that are out there, and that is a they want to work for diverse companies because of you know what comes from that is innovation and and different trains of thought. Um, and there's a massive opportunity, you know, for the industry as we talk about losing, you know, 53% of our workforce in the next 15 or 16 years. Um, getting into a more diverse workforce is one way to backfill that and, and, and also bring innovation with it. But they, yeah, they, they do have those questions. They're big on company culture. Um, you know, it, it's not all about money, um, but you know, that being said, I think wages are up seven, seven percent in the industry. And um, so money is a factor, um, but they're they're looking for culture. They're looking at benefits and not just the standard benefits, uh, but they're looking for, um, you know, every like mental health benefits. They're looking for PTO that they don't you know, they don't have to wait three years to have two weeks of vacation. Um, so they're they are looking at things differently. For yeah, sure. so there's a higher, and I've read this and seen, you know, it's anecdotally seen this, watch, you know, read studies about it, all that type of stuff. But there is, there really is, it sounds like, you know, from your experience, a, a, um, a higher value being placed on uh, quality of life uh, issues on companies that are thinking about the, the whole person that they're mm -hmm. hiring and not just the um, you know, I guess the employee uh, aspect of, of, of the person. Yeah, you know, they they look for a lot of the same things we all have, but they are, you know, the, the me time is a real thing. Um, they also are looking for career paths. What does it look like as they come into a company, um, as they move through the company, have, have other people in the company followed a career path? Um, I was listening to a, another interview the other day and it's a very large mechanical contractor, I think for, with uh, 40 people in their design department and now they have eight remotely. So that remote workforce is a, it's a thing. It's a real challenge for our industry because again, the thing, you know, buildings get built in the field. Um, so the collaboration needs to happen. But we were even seeing with some of the senior project manager positions, uh, not necessarily a remote, but a, a hybrid situation where they don't have to be on site all the time. And when you talk to clients about that, they, you know, it's a real challenge for them to wrap their head around doing something like that. Um, so, so we just just have a minute or so before we shift gears uh, into taking questions from the audience. I would go ahead and prompt the audience. I don't, I don't know what kind of questions have come in, but please. Uh, if you've been holding off on uh, sending those in now, go ahead and, and, and fire in a few so that we can uh, address your specific uh, questions uh, and thoughts uh, while we have Chris this morning. Um, one question that I have is when you when you let's fast forward five years. Um, what is a position that is currently not the norm? 
for a, a, a contractor to have, mm-hmm. you know, on staff that you think we are going to see more construction companies, more contractors have uh, as, as kind of a normal role uh, inside mm-hmm. their company? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say this because, because everybody's trying to wrap their arms around data and understanding you know how things are happening um and being able to take that to their client to their owner um i think you know data and data analysis data engineers um data scientists i didn't even know what one of those were until about <laughs> three years ago um and being able to to take real information and you know one of the challenges i think is you know, what is the information a client or a contractor really deems as uh, important and what isn't, but then also being able to go to, you know, say they built, you know, a commercial building and they're, they're in a, they're bidding for another one, being able to take that data and show an owner, hey, here's what it's going to look, here's what your mechanical is going to look like on this site. Here's a similar site. This is what it looked like. So, I think date, everything revolving around data is um, is going to be important um, because whether it's uh, even on the HR side, you know, looking at data, who's applying for jobs, what posts are attracting people, who wants to come to work for your company. I think that the data is going to win from that perspective because you can pull real information out of it. And it talk about uh, things that can really contribute to enhanced productivity if these construction companies are are able to start capturing and and doing something with this uh, you know data that they mm-hmm. um you know monitor they're going to be able to actually make business decisions to drive productivity i i love it uh, so we have 10 minutes a little less than that remaining um and uh i'm sure we have some questions uh in from the audience uh for you so i am going to uh pull stacy back up for uh stacy there we are. We don't have any questions yet, but I have some questions for you. Yeah, hit it. You could answer. So you were talking about um, all these tech startups, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, like, the only one that I can think of is Interplay, and they do 3D uh, simulations to help, uh, you know, train people in HVAC and plumbing virtually. And their whole goal, I believe, is to try to get uh people trained quickly within like three weeks or something like that, as opposed to going to an apprenticeship program. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could throw out some names of any tech startup companies that you know that we could just, you know, check out and look into. Um, A company called Join um, is, is one of them. Um, There's a, there's a couple of companies, you know, there's two, really big companies that are buying up uh, other tech startups. Um, company called Labor Chart, uh, workforce uh, management platform, but I believe they were just bought by Procore. Um, there are, you know, some, some fascinating ones on the human resource side, uh, a company called Paradox. They're, they're four years old. Um, they're using uh, some AI to help track um, who's applying for jobs and, and they're using bots to, um, 
when somebody goes to apply online, they're using those using bots to chat with people to get information and ask questions. And you wouldn't know that you're actually talking to a, a bot when you start asking questions about wages and benefits and where the jobs are and stuff like that. But yeah, there's a, there's a multitude of them out there um, in different spaces. Thanks for those examples. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Now I've got a bunch of research to do and, and, and I sincerely hope you're a, a shareholder in all of those. <laughs> right. Just here at the moment, right? <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask, um, I know me and you had conversations before, but just to tell the audience, kind of share some stories about how competitive it really is out there. So, you know, if you have a PM and you think that they're a great candidate and they get the job offer and then another company comes in and snatches them, like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I, one one way I'll address it is addressing the great resignation that everybody keeps hearing about. So I would call it more the, the great transition um, because I, the, the numbers are, I think, in the first five months of this year, 17 million people moved to, to different roles. They didn't, they didn't leave the workforce, but they've left, you know, left their existing role. It, it was um, pre, pre-COVID, it was 2.5 million people a month had moved. Um, and uh, the first five months of this year is 3.4 million a month were changing jobs. Um, so the competitive, competitiveness in the market um, you don't have days, you have hours to make decisions on people. Um, you know, we see people that are, um, you know, looking at project manager jobs, uh, senior project manager jobs, and, you know, whether they move, you know, we have a client that needs them. They interview them, they like them. Their current employer offered, offers them more money to stay, but then, client number three or company number three offers them a, you know, 10 K sign-on bonus and, you know, three weeks of vacation out of the gate and they end up over there. So it's um, we've seen a lot of very quick decisions. And I think that's the big challenge for, you know, contractors on their side are making decisions on some very important roles and they, and they should take their time, but, you know, quick decisions and, and really getting through the, the interview process is important. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and finally, one more question. Do you have any resume tips for um, people that are looking for new roles in the construction industry and how that's changed? Because many of us have, you know, stayed with company, a uh, company long-term, but maybe we're looking for a new opportunity, but it's been so long since we have updated our resume. So, mm -hmm. and so much has changed. So what do you suggest there or even researching companies or? Yeah, I think that the, what we see typically and um, is what, you know, people that haven't updated their resume for a long time, but also, you know, the different types of, um, so, you know, for example, software they have used, um, integrations they have done, um, some real detail, you know, on the, on the operation side, you know, uh, being detailed about what type of projects you have been involved in um, and really updating it consistently um, is probably the most important part. And, and nobody likes doing resumes, 
but you know, we'll get resumes for a fantastic candidate. Um, for example, a, a project manager that is, uh, has worked in the pharma space, which is obviously crazy right now. Um, and they'll have three bullets under their last job. So really getting, you know, some detail in there and, and what your experience is and how many people you manage on site and um, the different operating systems you use is important. Chris, uh, uh, fu fundamentally, uh, just this should probably be a 10 second answer, but fundamentally, are you seeing companies actually take steps to um, offer what candidates are looking for? Some, yes. I think that's, you know, we're seeing, you know, a few different things happen. Some are, are being very innovative. And I, I think, frankly, the industry gets a little bit of a bad rap because I think we have some of the most innovative uh, companies in any environment in the construction industry. Um, some are slow to adapt. We, you know, we, we have an old school mentality and some, uh, understandably, some of these companies have been around a long time, but uh, we are seeing companies, you know, look at you know, benefits, looking at hybrid versus remote work, working through that um, because it is being asked for. But yeah, we, we were seeing some move. That's awesome. That's great to hear. All right. So that's uh, just about our 30 minutes. Uh, and just like a strong contractor on the morning huddle, we finish on time. Uh, <laughs> so if you're passionate uh, about the, the industry and you have a message that our audience should hear uh, please contact us uh, in, in, with your interest in joining as a guest. You can contact me or Stacy directly uh, right here on LinkedIn or email or whatever you whatever you like. Um, uh, next week we've got Brett Harton, who is the vice president of construction at Folger Pratt. Um, uh, that's going to be a fantastic conversation where we're talking about, from a general contractor's perspective, the steps uh, that Brett and his team take to treat subcontractors. Um, like partners. Uh, please join us live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern. And if you can't join live, check out the recording on um, our YouTube channel, which I think is coming, Stacy, uh, or whatever app you it's use for your podcast, which I think is coming down the line. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, but, uh, but Chris, um, but thank you so much for joining. Uh, any final words before we, uh, before we sign off? No, I, I appreciate y'all having me. Um, it was fun. A little early out here, but it's okay. And uh, yeah, love to do it again sometime. We'd love to have you. That sounds great. Uh, Stacy. any final word? Nope. I think this was a great conversation. Hopefully people can take something that they learned today. And I look forward to next week too. Same. Sounds good. See you guys. All right. Thank see you, you guys. Bye -bye. <clears throat>